Welcome everyone to Oh Come On Sports with Mike and Jesse. Hello. It is Wednesday, December 11th. Uh, today we're going to be talk- talking about Raptors. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Jays. Uh, I got a schedule idea for NBA and NHL. We're also going to talk a ton of coach firings. And MLB has decided that this year they're actually going to sign players. Yeah, it turns out they're not going to wait until the day before the season. What, which is kind of nice. It yeah. gives us something to talk about in December instead yeah. of waiting till like March 15th or whatever. <laughs> um, on social media, we're on Twitter at Sporty Rants or Facebook, Oh Come On Sports. Going hard on the Twitter feed again. Finally, the political shit in Canada is over. <laughs> oh, back on to sports. Woo! Um, okay, so I guess the first thing, the first big thing in the last two weeks was uh, right after we recorded uh, two weeks ago, Bill Peters resigned as the coach of the Calgary Flames. As we basically speculated he would, as everyone kind of speculated yeah, he yeah. would. Yeah, and I think he resigned. I think it came down to his resignation because he probably got like some kind of severance out of it that will never be released. That's what I would assume. But that's what, you know, and we talked about it last podcast, so we're not going to touch on it, but I just wanted to say that he has resigned if, if you've been living under a rock. Mm-hmm. Uh also, the Stars fired Jim Montgomery due to unprofessional conduct, and they wouldn't say what it was. Yeah, so this kind of leads you to believe it's along the same lines as the Babcock-Peters scenario. Yes, I would assume so. Well, and there, was it, was it their vice president came out and called, um, uh, like, didn't he say, like, Jimmy Ben and Tyler Sagan were playing, like, a bunch of uh, assholes or something like that? This was like a year and a half yeah. ago. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. So, yeah. like, it might be part of the culture in there. Yeah, like, fair enough. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and also today, the Sharks fired Pete DeBoer for hockey reasons. It was said on many a tweet how for bo- hockey reasons. How boring. Yeah, exactly. Someone who just wasn't good at coaching hockey or that team anymore. Yeah, yeah. You may as well have <laughs> hit a player or something, right? <laughs> have, have, you been, have you been following along with what's coming out now, like as far as what Gary Bettman's statement and things like that? about? I have. I yeah. Have. What do you think about that? Of like like his plan for what they're go- doing going forward, right? So they're so he's uh, he's put out a statement about diversity, inclusion, that type of thing. And then the thing that I, that caught my interest, um, he's talking. He's this this came out, and Akimalu came out afterwards and said, "I'm glad that the NHL is taking the ideas that put forward in the meeting I had and implementing them going forward." And this also includes the whistleblower hotline as well. Yeah, see, like. I'm okay with that because it's it's this is especially for the younger players. Like, who do you go to? Yeah. If a coach is doing that stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, so if you were to call, then like I I get it. I I'm fine with it. To me, what I found was like, of course, the NHL is late to the diversity party. They're late <laughs> for everything. They're like they they're like, oh fuck, we could get TV deals. Oh, let's get in on this. And like every other league is has like I feel like for years between uh, obviously NBA was the first and then NFL and then baseball tried all these diversity things like to to you know the NFL has the Art Rooney rule where you have to. Uh, you have to interview a person of color if you're interviewing for a GM or a coach. Yeah. And all, all kinds of stuff. And other leagues have it. And the NHL's like, eh, we're fine. And now all the shit's coming up. They're like, okay, maybe not fine. Maybe we got to do something here. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. instead of being proactive, they're being reactive. But for sure. That's total hockey. Yeah. But that's kind of the way that it's been. But the, I find I find that they're on a slippery slope here. And obviously, I, I agree with Peters being fired. I agree with Babcock being fired. I think all those things that, that they've done are absolutely fireable offenses. Yeah. And, and if anybody's discriminating against anyone because of their race, color, sexual orientation, anything like that, 
that's all off limits to me. I think that's terrible. Yeah. But they are they are, they are they're in a slippery slope here right now by going down this this opposite um, avenue where they're saying you can be an anonymous whistleblower on the hotline because yeah. now. Um, guys are going to be judged before the proof has actually come out now. Accusations are going to be... Are, are yeah, slanderous be. accusations that aren't yeah. verified can yeah. hurt a guy's career. That's yeah. what I worry about. Uh, I also don't think a lot of players are going to use the hotline. No? Cause, just because hockey is a very much... Like, it stays in the room kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like, they, they don't do a lot for themselves. They're very much whatever's good for the team. Yeah. So I feel like... Not a lot of players are actually going to use that hotline. It's going to be like, can they solve it within the team? Sure. And then the team goes to the coach and says, "Hey, you're you're yeah. doing this." Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I I what I hope doesn't happen is that good guys have their names slandered for yeah. something that ends up not being true. Yes. And, and now all of a sudden, you see this in social media nowadays. If somebody comes out on Twitter and calls you a racist or a homophobe and well, you're, and, and you're, you're a dumb. prominent figure, then that's what you are. Even if it comes out months later that you're not, nope. you can't. It it's going to be very difficult to resurrect your career if somebody does that to you. That's so I think that's really unfair. It is really unfair. And that's the power of social media, that they, yeah. they can go out there and just... Like you're labeled as that, and that's it. Yeah, you know. And this has been around long before social media. In politics, they call it McCarthyism. It started yeah. in, in the Cold War. You just say shit about your enemy, and by the time it comes out, whether it's true or false, people forget it anyway, and it they only matter. remember the initial accusation. Yeah. So I, I I worry about that. I want I want hockey to be safe and and for everybody. I didn't think it wasn't to begin with. So this was all new to me anyway. Um. I will say, uh, I'm getting tired of, uh, like, and this is the social media rabbit hole with guys going like, oh, the snowflakes, they're getting out there and they're all mad about everything. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> there's no excuse for a coach to be racist. No. Or sexist. Like, there's, no. there's, you, listen, say whatever you want. If you want to be like that, okay. But there's consequences to what you say. For sure, yeah. You can't be a coach in that league if you're going to be like if that. If you're going to be like yeah. that, you can't coach in the league. Yeah. Because... You have you have to be better, exactly. Uh, and you also you shouldn't be hitting players like Bill Peters. Like Obviously. there should be no smacking. This isn't the seventies where <laughs> it was allowed back then, and that was what it was. Like like it's called it, old school coaching it, at that it, point. Yeah. Oh, Mike Keenan would not survive like no. fucking two months in today's NHL. He's, he's just staying in the basement right <laughs> yeah, now. He's, he's like, like he's like good thing I don't have a job right safe. now. We're safe. Um, but I, I definitely agree. I think all the. I, from what I can tell, based on the evidence, all the people that have been fired, I don't know what happened with Jim Montgomery. I don't know that one yet, yeah. but so far, I don't have a problem with anyone that's been um, fired. The, cra- the crazy thing is, is like this is at the NHL level, but I feel like, like in the levels below, it's it's got to be worse. I worry about the CHL junior level coaching. Yeah, I worry and, about and that even one. even below that, the yeah. peewee and, sure. and and midget and all that stuff. Yeah. And you hear you hear all the stories about like hockey parents and crazy coaches. Like, yeah. you just know shit's going down. And the thing is, too, those those guys aren't as you know people in the NHL and higher levels. They they they're expected to act more professional. A lot of these other people are. A lot of them are volunteers. Yep. Don't have a lot of experience with coaching. Yep. Flawed humans like all of us are. So yeah, who knows? That 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 is interesting. Um, so moving on from that, uh, to the NFL, uh, the Panthers have fired Ron Rivera. Um, he went 76, 63 and one and had one Super Bowl appearance, but he was there for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just a long tenure. I think it was time. Uh, and the rumors are Mike McCarthy sounds like the, the lead candidate for, uh, head coach for next year. And they're looking, they're talking about looking to trade Cam Newton in the off season if he's healthy. Hmm. 
I think it is time to separate yourself from him. Just you based, think so? Yeah, just based on his history. Like, I, I love Cam Newton as a quarterback. I love his versatility, the fact that he could run, throw the ball. Uh, you know, I, some people didn't like his antics. That They didn't bother me that much as long as he was playing good. But I think this might be the beginning of the end for him as far as his career goes. I don't know if he's going to resurrect it or not. I also don't know if Allen is the answer there either. That That's why I was I was shocked by it because they're like, oh, we got to move on from Cam. And I'm like... But the other guy's not He's that, not that good. good either. Yeah. So I, I what I think they're thinking is that you know if you're getting rid of Ron Rivera, there it looks like they're going to try to turn that team over. I mean they do have a superstar in, in McCaffrey, but that's really all they're working with right now. And, and running back shelf life we all know was pretty low, exactly, or, or pretty uh, um, small. So yeah. if they can't put a team around. Uh, McCaffrey in the next two years, they probably trade him as well too. Yeah, trade him, or you just let him walk after his because his rookie deal will be up after next year, I think. Right? Yeah. God, yeah. if they're if they're planning on doing that, they should trade him and obviously get some compensation. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, because uh, you look at the running backs that got paid between Gurley, Bell, and Zeke, none of them are putting up the numbers no. that. The, the NFL has proven right on this. And I, I hate to say it because I love the running back position. I think those guys deserve a ton of credit for what yeah. they do. They need, they need to be paid in college. N- exactly. Like, exactly. Like just the fucking running backs, to yeah. be quite honest. No, because I, they I, get worked. I don't disagree with that at all. But you're, you're, you're bang on. Like Pitt, Pittsburgh right now is very happy they didn't pay Lev Bell. Yeah. The Rams are wishing they didn't pay Todd Gurley. I'm just assuming. If, yep. they, if, you, if you talk well, to them. Especially because they want to sign Ramsey. And they think Ramsey's more valuable than Gurley was. It's it's been shown even the best running backs in the league you can piece it together with with guys you can yep. piece it together yeah I mean it's not a huge drop from Gurley to Malcolm Brown I can't believe I'm saying that but I I mean I'm not saying there's a, there is a gap in talent there but the way that the Rams perform having either of those guys play running back is not that different yeah and it's just it's just the the tread on the tires when yeah. they get in and to invest that kind of money in them yeah it just from a team-building standpoint, does not make any sense. Such a hard position to play. Oh, man. And I feel bad for every running back because, yeah. like, like we say that, and it sounds so cruel, but they're the fucking linchpin of the team a lot of the times. They are. Right? Like, when you're when you're up in the fourth quarter, you're handing the ball to this guy, and he's got to take you home. Yeah. Right? It's just, it's insane. Also why I think they're doing more running back by committee. If I was running a team, I'd have, I would be using two or three running backs. It's yeah. not, not good for I'd have fantasy, one for but... like almost every, every situation. Yeah. Like I got my goal line back. I got my receiving back. I yeah. got my first two downs back. I, I got my I, fucking. Yeah. I'd have two guys that could run. One guy could, that could, you could throw the ball to. And if he could run a little bit too, I'd use him for that as well. Yeah. The Patriot system. Yeah. And just drive fantasy owners everywhere crazy yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> sony michelle could be a, like a freaking 16 touchdown player on a lot of different teams but yeah not yeah. on the uh, not on the patriots uh and then uh i'll transition to some baseball signings and then mike will give uh his thoughts on some news um so the philly signed zach wheeler to a, what was it, a four-year, $100 million contract, I think it was? Somewhere in that range. And then they also signed Didi Gregorius to a one-year, $14 million. So they're yeah. trying to, like, they got to they gotta put pieces around Harper and all that stuff. They got to win now. Yeah. Uh, and then we just saw, just as just before we started, that the Angels have signed Anthony Rendon to a seven-year, $245 million contract. Putting pieces uh, around Trout. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I read a report today that they're reaching out to the Indians about possibly trading for either Kluber or Carrasco. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. 
I like I like both those guys. I like so, I like the Cleveland pitching. So I would good, have no good for that. good for them making moves. Um, they should. They're a team that has money to spend. They do, and they and do. I and I I think players would love to go there. I know that was a destination choice for uh, Garrett Cole if he didn't get a massive contract <laughs> out of New York. <laughs> yes. So so two days ago was it two days ago? I can't remember. I heard yesterday. I don't know. Uh, well, about Strasburg was it? Oh, two, okay. Two? Yeah, that was a couple days ago. Yeah. So the National signed Strasburg to a seven year, two hundred forty five million contract, and I actually put here. Largest ever for a pitcher. And then the day later, to change that really Yankees signed Garrett Cole to a nine-year, $324 million contract, which is the largest for a pitcher, which tomorrow will probably be broken by somebody, I'm sure. Somebody broke it down by if he plays, I think I'll have to follow. Well, 100, if, yeah. if, he, if he plays uh, 120 30, innings, it? 30 starts. Yeah. 120 pitches a game. And he play, pitches 120 pitches a game. Which is, pro- it's unrealistic. But. Thir- 30 starts in the season. Yeah. Uh, he would be paid $9,000 a pitch. Per pitch. Per pitch. Per pitch. <laughs> and so, in reality, he's going to be making more than 9000 per pitch. Yes. Because he's not going to be, you know, it's hit or miss whether he starts 30 games. But he's definitely not going to throw 120 no. pitches in every one of those games. So, he's easily making twelve to thirteen to $14,000 a pitch. This is crazy. It's insane, and the Yankees. I feel like the Yankees had to throw this kind of money because yeah. uh, I'm assuming most some most players want to go home if they have the chance. Yeah, right. So for even though he was a Yankees fan growing up, like you, you still have to throw a ton of dough at him. And how do you say no to 324 million dollars with an opt out in year five too? After oh, wow. year five, in case so. you're not liking that type of salary. <laughs> oh, 36 yeah. million. It's not, yeah. I'm not feeling it. He should, he's like, I should be making 25 thousand per pitch. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, so I'm glad that MLB is actually they're opening up their wallets and they're signing guys. Also, players might be not playing as much hardball. I think so. I think in re- I think the last year where the with JD Martinez was the big one that comes to mind that took him forever to sign. Oh, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Pardon me. Yeah, I think I think both the players and the league have learned from this. The league has learned we're not going to pay these exorbitant amounts unless it's a top top end guy like they think Garrett Cole is. And the players are saying, you know what? If I get a decent offer, I better sign. Otherwise, I might get left out in the cold here. Yep. Um, now, what I've read on social media and heard on the radio is is how in the world does does Garrett Cole or even Steven Strasburg how do they live up to these contracts? Because that's a ton of dough. Is it a champion? Like, does Strasburg already kind of already lived up to him because he delivered a championship? I would say that for Strasburg. I would say for Cole, it's not even. That's not even something I don't think they think about that in baseball. I, I think where there's no salary cap, I think they th- they care about that less. Like, yeah. no, nobody's going to say it's Garrett's Cole's fault if they don't win a World Series next year. But he's still going to be getting paid the same either yeah, way. Yeah. So I don't think that's even something that they worry about in baseball personally. Um, and I think that's a good way to transition to what you wanted to talk about with the Blue Jays. Because now the, uh, <laughs> the AL East in the next few years... It's gotten a lot tougher yeah. for, for our Jays. And it's it's just more of the same from the Jays here right now. And finally, I'm hearing some frustration come out of places other than my mouth and your mouth. Like, <laughs> I, I'm actually yes. starting to see the Toronto oh media get frustrated with them. Shai Davidi, who is, uh, you know, Blue Jays through and through, has written some pretty critical pieces on them. Uh, Scott Mitchell at TSN has written some critical pieces of them. He's more critical than a lot of guys anyway. I respect his opinion on most of the things there. So, uh, And it's it's... 
It's due to the lack of activity, really. Well, the lack of activity after you said you're going to be, like, in on free agency. How, and we yeah. all knew. How many guys have you heard they're going to be in on? I, I've heard... Listen, we all knew they weren't going after Cole or no, Strasburg. We no. understand yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, like, but you still hear they're, they're looking at it, right? Like, why... Like, Zach... Like, I wanted to know that you at least reached out to Zach Wheeler. Yeah. To be quite honest. Like, I thought he was in your range. Yeah. You know, of I, something I, you could do. I've, I've heard basically every name. Uh, Travis Shaw, Ryu, Kyle Gibson, Jake Odorizzi, Zach Wheeler. I heard Garrett Cole, even though everyone knows that wasn't a possibility. Yeah. But, you, you know, you hear everyone. And that's kind of... Hey, thing. Garrett Cole, will you only sign a five-year deal? No. Okay, yeah. thanks, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so frustrating. And so, and, and it turns out they signed uh, Tanner Rorick today. That is yes. a guy they signed. For... And they traded for Chase Anderson a couple weeks ago, did they not? Oh, okay. I missed that. But yeah, that's yeah. good. So they've done, but they need more. But it's, I mean, those are the type of moves. If you sign Tanner Rorick to be your fifth or sixth starter, or your fifth starter and a long inning bullpen guy, then you're happy with that. Yeah. But when you sign him and you're like, oh, he might be the number one come opening day, you're not happy with that. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's it's just, it seems like they're not trying. I, I believe they have a plan. I believe Shapiro and Atkins know more about baseball and business and have forgotten more about baseball and business than I'll ever know. I'm not... I'm, I'm trying not to be critical of them, but when you, from an outside observer, it's just so frustrating to watch because, you know, and, and actually player, a player agent came out, an unnamed agent came out and said, you know, the Blue Jays are doing due diligence on everybody and they're getting about 90% of the way there and then they let it go and you never hear from them. So what is going on? I can understand players don't want to play in Toronto. That's something that's out there too. Um, one of the ones that was talked about was Kyle Gibson. Shai Davidi said that the Blue Jays put a really good offer in on Kyle Gibson, whatever that means, and that they went full bore trying to get him. He didn't sign with them, but that was one that they actually put effort in. They wanted him, and he, he didn't he didn't sign. And he was pitching in where Minnesota last year. He was no, in Minnesota, right? No, jeez, he was in Minnesota a few years ago. Where yeah. was he last year? I, well, I don't want to say the Cubs. I can't remember off the top of my head here, but he, I heard they're in on Ryu. Yeah. But to be quite honest, the Dodgers just missed out on Garrett Cole, so they're not going to let Ryu walk. They're probably going to get Ryu and Bumgarner. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, The scary thing was, which uh, Mike here tweeted, was that the Jays were talking to Jay Happen, who you jokingly said last podcast that they'd probably reach out to this guy, and they're like, and then reports come out, and I'm like, no, why? It was like, you know how all jokes have a little bit of truth to them? It was that type of joke. It was just like, this is too good to be true. The, The Jays are definitely going to sign him. Oh my you God. might as well start making the jerseys now for him. Fuck. And, and, and then the other uh, the other one that came out is that they're looking at Edwin Encarnacion and Justin Smoke. And I'm just like, please, just what are we doing here? What yes. is your plan? I know you need to fill out a roster, but is this the way to do it? And, and fuck... Like, if you want Edwin now, why didn't you keep him the first time? Why did you play hardball with him? Yeah. Like, granted, I... That's part of it's his agent being a dummy, but you didn't have to be like you have twenty four hours to decide. Yeah, because we're the all powerful Blue Jays. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Exactly. And oh, now, you, and now you're revisiting the Justin Smoke thing, but they're 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 also they're they're waiting for the Japanese pitcher or for that Japanese first baseman to yes. make a decision. They yes. said they might be in on him, but basically the frustration is because they're, apparently they're in on everybody, and so far they've signed Tanner Rorick, and they're talking about Edwin and Justin Smoke, and, and you're, it's, it's very frustrating. I've heard Cal, uh, Cole Calhoun as well, too, the Blue Jays are interested in. Okay. But who cares who they're interested in? Who are they going to get? Yeah, and it's just, and oh my God. Uh, my big my big complaint is that they came out and said that they're gonna be they're gonna be aggressive this winter like not but they're gonna they're gonna get out there because last year they didn't do jack shit and then like nothing 
I think their like, idea of what aggressive is is different than the rest of the league, in my yes, opinion. Yes, yes. I would have preferred they'd be like, ah, oh, we're going to be patient because our core is young. If, okay. they, if they would have said that, at least right. I would understand what's going on now. Yeah, and then they signed Tanner Roark, and you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of not great, but... If it, I, uh, I they need it, pitchers, so you're not going to say I heard no. it was like a two-year deal, so it's not like huge commitment. 12, $12 million a season for 20, $24 million for two years, $12 yeah, million a so season. so it's like, okay, sure, you know, the core is young. But uh, you also need to show the core that you're willing to try to to win, you know? Yeah. Uh, and in baseball, I firmly believe in baseball is one of those games that from season to season, you could just take off and be a good team. Yeah. Like, like where growth in like NHL and, and NBA, you the, the team, like there's a nucleus and you just grow from that and you grow slowly. Yes. Like, you usually don't get that, that season to season, like... The Avalanche that one year, they had like 48 points, and then the next year they had fucking 99, and they made the playoffs or whatever. Like right. that, that doesn't happen a lot in those leagues, where yeah. in baseball, I feel like it can. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I mean, you see, like to, to me, like a team like Milwaukee came out of nowhere and uh, yep. competing for a World Series. Yep. Like, you can do that, but you need some players. Yeah. And, and I like the Blue Jays' young players. I think this would be a great time to put some to put some high-end players around. And now we're going to watch fucking Aaron Sanchez take, because uh, Verlander's going to be the ace and it's going to be Granky, and then Sanchez will probably be the third starter in Houston and probably be a beast. I thought they were letting him go, were they not? I didn't hear that. Jeez, I'll oh. check. I'll check oh, that. Okay. I think I think they might be parting ways with Sanchez. Actually, here. Oh wow! Well. It's something I heard last week. So I'll I'll confirm that and put it um, on the Twitter account. And then uh, and then you got Strowman with the Mets. Like you didn't want to have him. Like, yeah. And you didn't get a great return. I don't know. It's just a lot of a lot and, of. And then Mark Shapiro says uh, yesterday he said he expects the attendance to be similar to what it was <laughs> last year. That made me laugh. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Fell to twenty second in baseball. So he's basically saying we're not going to be better. We're not yeah. trying to get better. We yeah. expect the same. Holy he's busy shit. doing uh, renovations to Dunedin and uh, you know Rogers Center, which is great. Those things need to be done, but. It would be really nice to put a winning product on the field because that's going to get you some profits. I can't believe they pissed away their brand new fan base after 15 and 16 yeah. so fast. And arrogantly, too. It was like Shapiro was like, that was they should have never done that in the first place. They should have never allowed that fun yes. into Rogers. How dare you go on runs with with uh, like with like with fun fun Spanish players and, and just be brash and everything. How dare you? Like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah. I just can't... Be- I can't believe that as a, as Rodgers as a business thought that that was a smart play. Yeah. Rodgers is one of the richest companies in Canada. For people who don't know, they had profits of $15 billion last year. <sighs> profits of $15 billion. That's pretty good. Yeah. So they're one of the richest companies in Canada. They take money from half Canadians every month on their phone bill and their yep. cable bill. They have tons of money to spend, but they are not operating like that. Like the Yankees, they're a similar situation to the Yankees because the Yankees have their own network. They generate a bunch of money off their own network. So they, but the difference is the Yankees actually care about winning baseball games and they go yes. out and spend. And they yes. have a lot more clout. They can they can attract free agents better than the Blue Jays can. And I know the Blue Jays are going to have to do it more with trades, but you know you have to do both. You have to you have to do trades, but you have to be able to attract some free agents. Yep, that's true. Do you got anything else you want to touch uh, the, on? The only other thing I saw that was interesting about baseball this week, and this is a different topic altogether, but I think it's really important. Ken Rosenthal tweeted two days ago. He said, as part of a new agreement on opiates being negotiated between Major League Baseball and the Players Union, MLB will remove marijuana from the list of banned substances for minor leaguers, sources tell The Athletic. Major leaguers have not been subject to testing for marijuana. That's good. 
This is great. This is great. Yep. It, it's it's essential, and the NBA needs to follow this lead too. The NBA must be in bed with the opioid companies because I don't know why else they would do this. Because you have players coming out. Arian Foster is one. That oh, NFL. Top you mean. NFL. Pardon yeah. me. Yeah. What did I say? NBA. Okay. Yeah. So I'm talking about NFL now. They need to get on board with this because they're the they're the league that really needs to get opiates out, yes. out of their game. Yes. I, I don't think it's as much of a problem in baseball as it is in football for sure because the long term injuries in football are brutal. But Arian Foster was a guy who basically quit football because he was sick. Of taken opiates and marijuana was helping his problems and there's lots of them out there jake Plummer is an advocate kyle Charlie from back in the day is an advocate uh all these players they, it just needs to be done you need to get rid of the stigma and if and i'm not saying that uh, i'm not trying to advocate for marijuana because it can be a drug of abuse like anything it's not, well, it's like, not like a lot of it is good for you yeah. and, and the thing is if, you, if you're stoned out of your mind and you're playing baseball you are not going to be good like, <laughs> I had a good interaction on Twitter with a guy named Fantasy Stoner, yeah. <laughs> and he was the one who brought it to my attention in the first place. And I said, I just imagine a lot of major leaguers swinging at balls that are already in the catcher's <laughs> mitt. And he said, how about them trying to turn a double play when there's nobody on base? Like, <laughs> being stoned while playing baseball would not be helpful to, to no, the sport. No. But for, for injury control and pain relief, uh, but, you got to have it open. But for baseball, too, like, it, it could also be a... a um... It can replace their uppers and downers, which I yeah. think, which I think is more of a problem in baseball because of the amount of games they play. Where you go from, uh, let's say the Jays are playing at home, so they're playing at um, it'd be five o'clock their time, right? Yeah, yeah. five o'clock their time uh, in the East, yeah. and they play three straight games, and then after their third game, they fly out to the West Coast, and they're playing the Angels at one p.m. Right. their time, yeah. and like, and like, how do you? Your body's used to this, 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 and yeah. now you got to completely mess it up, and so you're taking a downer to sleep, and then you got to take, and then you're groggy, so you take an upper. Yes, right, and that's yeah. a big problem. Yeah, that's absolutely. A big problem, right? Oh, and and methamphetamines have been in baseball for a long time. I mean, there's rumors back as far. They used to call them greenies or something. Yeah, exactly. That's what yes. they used to call them. Yeah, Hank Aaron was a big one for yeah. that. Um, I, I got to imagine in this day and age, Adderall would be a huge drug for Major League Baseball. It's an, it's a, I believe it's a OCD or an ADHD drug that they, they give to children, which is ridiculous because it's a form of, of methamphetamine. But that would be a good one for baseball. I'm sure that's really prevalent in baseball. I know it was prevalent for cornerbacks in football. That was a big one for them. Yeah. It, it's like it's like crystal meth. It would yeah. have you wired. Your quick yeah. twitch muscles would be off the charts. Speaking of drugs in baseball, did you hear that Tyler Skaggs, like the whole thing yes. coming out from that and how one of the trainers was like his dealer basically oh i did in the organization i didn't hear that but that yeah. makes a lot of sense as to why this report is coming out now because yeah. of the death of, of, of tyler Skag. yeah and it came out that like and the angels organization is being investigated wow. to see like what kind of stuff is going on within it because it turned out that like one of the trainers was the one that was getting because he overdosed on heroin correct so that's not right. it, was, it was an opiate. Heroin's an opiate, so that's what it would be. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. yeah, you can take and, it in pills or in, and inject he, it. He was the one that was getting him the heroin. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize it, that's a whole different level. If you're injecting heroin, that's a whole different level. Yeah. Most a lot of people will take the pills, and then once their prescription runs out for the pills, they they can't get any more pills, and the street equivalent is heroin. So a lot of people that are on painkillers pills end up taking the street drug heroin and it's a terrible it ends terribly yeah. every time yeah so uh good on major league baseball for 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 doing that and hopefully the nfl follows suit yeah. uh and i'm sure the nhl will figure this out five years down the road i i have noticed a lot of retired nhlers smoking weed regularly 
And I don't know, I'm sure they're, I don't know if they're doing it in the game or not, but I know a lot of retired players are smoking. I, I mean, I just, I, I look to the Spit and Chicklets podcast is a, is a pretty, yes, is, is yes. all you have to look to to find a few there. Biz Nasty's been token up a few times on camera. Uh, I'm sure, I know they had Ryan Malone on their show the other day. I'm sure Ryan Malone's a smoker. They were talking about a delivery that was being made mid-show that they all kind of giggled about. Of course, they're in California. We, of course they yeah, did. Yeah, we delivery is very did. prevalent in California. Hey, the Raptors get a... Get a Christmas Day game. They do, yeah. They're big time now. It's like we win a championship, and suddenly we get a little, just a little ounce of respect. Yeah, it was cool seeing Kawhi Leonard back to, yes. today. He got his ring. Yes, it was. Uh, the, the fans treated him how I would. Oh, expect and they it gave to. him a standing yeah. ovation, which was phenomenal. Which is what he deserved. Um, and then he went and torched them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's still that good. He's like, thanks for the ring, boys. Don't let me kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, lots of season left for the Raptors. They started off super hot. I think they're about they're sixteen and eight right now. I think you said before the podcast. Yes, started. they're sixteen and eight now. And uh, I think um, I just wanted to to touch on how um, a case could be made for Pascal Siakam winning Most Improved Player again. You, that's so true because he, he's he's taken another step. Another step, like he's in MVP conversations now. Yeah. Um, if you look, if, Brad, if you're in the MVP conversation, he's on, he's on the outside, right. right? Because it's like it's LeBron, yeah. it's James Harden, it's Anthony Davis, uh, Kawhi Gian- Leonard, Giannis, Mike Giannis yeah. you know, like it's. But he's still there, like he's, yeah. he's kind of on the fringe. Can, at, can you win Most Improved Player for twice, a second time like, if you're can, in consideration like, for the MVP? I, Could I you imagine that? That's never happened. That's, because they're like, oh, you've already won it once. You can't improve again. Yeah, you know. But I just like. But like, you're right, though. The next step he's taken has been huge. He's averaging 24.5 points a game, 3.6 assists, 8.4 rebounds, 0.9 steals, 0.7 blocks. Uh, and he's doing so much for the team. He's one of the primary ball handlers. He does everything for the uh, team. And, and you he's just, developed a shot now. He, he, and he's developed a three-point shot, yeah. for fuck's sakes. From everywhere. Last year, he could hit him in the corner. Now he's hitting him from the top yeah, of the three-point arc. It's, like, it's... it's uh, I think, what, for me... This team's almost more fun to watch this year than than it was last year, which is just fucking insane. Yeah, but it's because I feel like uh, with when when they got Kawhi and they saw and they got Danny Green and all that stuff, like your expectations were really high. And this team, the expectations weren't as high, and it's just like, oh, I just like I hope they're 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 good and, and competitive, and they've been so much better than that. And it's it's almost fun to see like they've they've gone back to the scrappy underdogs. Yeah. It, it is cool. The funniest thing this year, and this was a while ago, but when they played the Lakers and they beat the Lakers really early on in the season, to have LeBron James say, yeah, you know, there's championship caliber team over there. They're champions. They played like it. Like, to get that recognition. I From mean, LeBron, I, I, yeah. who was notorious Toronto killer when he's with Cleveland. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought um, it was phenomenal. That is an interesting question. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, though, is probably the one that should be up for most improved player. Yeah. Uh, he's averaging 18 points a game, uh, 7 assists, 3.8 rebounds, 2 steals, and .1 blocks. Um, Matt, having that kid just turned his whole fucking game around. No doubt. It makes no sense to me because you'd think you'd be tired all the time, but yeah. whatever. I had a kid and I've gotten much worse at everything I do in life, <laughs> to be honest. My whole, well, it's all going downhill now after that. <laughs> the whole thing is just batshit. So, Fred Van Vliet, he's going to be like a 27 to $30 million player, yes, probably. Un- undrafted free agent. Wow. Is going to probably earn twenty-seven to thirty. You got Kyle Lowry signed for one more season after this for what thirty-one million, I yeah, think somewhere it was. In that um, and then you got it, like the way Fred Van Vliet's going. You got your point guard of the future. My goodness! Like 
like that, those two, like it's so great uh, how how great of a job Masai has done with his drafts and yeah. and and scouring other ways to get talent, like like undrafted free agent Fred Van Vliet and yeah. uh, Chris Boucher, who was part of the fucking D League. Yeah, team. yeah. Um, Hollis Jefferson, which was from Brooklyn, free and, agent signing, and he's been great off the bench, and like it's. Uh, it's been really, really good. And, and they've been missing. Uh, Serge has missed games. Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry just got five back. or six games. Yeah, they actually looked out of sorts when Kyle Lowry came back. Yeah, so they were they were playing really good before that. They looked out of sorts, but there's a reason that uh, in Maasai we trust is a saying. Yeah, among that team because he just finds them. I mean, he's he's got Africa locked down as far as I can tell. As far as knowing what's coming out of that continent, yes, he is really in tune with that because he runs camps over there. Him and yep. Serge go over there and run camps. So he's going to have a great line of players coming out of that region. He, he's, he's very good with the Europeans. Uh, really, really elite uh, executive. Uh, it's just great to see that um, unlike the Jays, who, who went all in and then did two playoff runs and, and tough breaks, didn't get through. Uh, but they went all in and they didn't just tear down the fucking team. They said, mm-hmm. no, no, we can ride with this. You know, this yeah. guy's going to take a step forward. He's going to take a step forward. And we still got... Gasol and Lowry, we should be okay. Because they had a good mix. The foundation was coming up with the Siakam and the Van Vliet's and the uh, uh, Anobi. Um, those guys are all still developing, still improving. And then you got, like you said, you mix in the Gasols and the Lowry's and the veteran players and the Ibaka's, and it's it's a great mix. And that's what they're lacking with uh, with Toronto with the with the Jays, obviously. And of course, different sports. It's not exactly yeah. the same, but yeah. Um, uh, and you wanted to talk also about the Flames. Yeah, I just wanted to say because we were talking about them last week and I, we were kind of predicting that we're, we're very prophetic on this show, I've noticed, because <laughs> we were talking last week about, or two weeks ago about how this firing in a, in a roundabout way could end up jumpstarting this team. It could be a, a weight off their shoulders. It could be kind of the spark that they needed. And they have gone undefeated yeah. since that time. They won six in a row. Yeah. And uh, what, what's fresh for me is they changed the fucking lines. Yeah. Like, that was the best part. It's like, it's not working. Let's try this. And then that started working. That's not to say you can't go back to what you did before. Of course. But, fuck, like, it's good to change it up. And, and it's working. And it's given you balance throughout the lineup, which is nice. Well, rem- and remember, we talked about this two weeks ago, too. We said, <clears throat> excuse me, we said it's not obvious why line combinations work. Like, you, yeah. can, you can tinker. You can say, oh, this guy's a shooter. This guy's a passer. Let's put them together and see how it works. But sometimes you just got to put guys out there and see what happens. And there's yeah. no better example of this right now than the line of Johnny Gaudreau, Derek Ryan, and Milan Lucic. Who the fuck knows why that line works? <laughs> I have no idea. No no clue. But it does. Lucic has two goals all of a sudden on the season now. And, like, Lucic has been playing... Like, I railed against that trade. Lucic has just played solidly yeah. for what he is all season. Yeah. But you know what? I watch him, and I'm like, how the fuck is he doing it? He looks so... <laughs> lumbering. Lumbering, and it's just like, <laughs> like what the fuck? And, and he's... Like, I feel like he's constantly caught in the offensive zone and scrambling it back. But then he gets back, and he plays... He plays average defense, which yeah. is all you can expect. And I'm just like, yeah. I, okay... Okay, it doesn't look pretty what you're doing, but it's working. And Derek Ryan is is starting to win faceoffs where yeah. where before it was just Monahan on the team. Yeah. But Derek Ryan's winning. Fa- they actually had uh, Ryan win a faceoff and Gaudreau scored a goal last night right off it, which was very nice. They're winning a lot of faceoffs now. That last game I watched against Colorado. 
Yeah, I guess, no, it's, Arizona was Arizona last time was I watched, last but Colorado, Colorado was the, the day before. before. Yeah. They, they've been winning a ton of face-offs. Lindholm, Monaghan, uh, Ryan, they're all doing very good on face-offs. Um, I'm not, I, I don't, I still don't hate the Lucic-Neal trade. What I, what I don't like is the fact that Bill Peters, I think, and I think we agree on this, misused Neal when he first got yes. here. They needed yes. to throw that guy a bone, and, yes. and they didn't. So that's water under the bridge. Yeah. I'm okay with the trade. If the, At the very least, if you didn't want him in your top six, like five on five, I get that because it's shown in Edmonton he's been like a total yeah. useless player. Throw him on the number one like, power play then. But yeah, have him on the power play because, because that's where he's good. Yeah. You know? Um, but they didn't want to do that, and, and you know... I think Peters had something to do. Like, maybe Peters didn't like Neil. Didn't seem like uh, it. And, and also, Lindholm was his guy. So, that was the thing. They weren't They weren't. Yes. They, they weren't getting Lindholm off that top line. And then they're also not splitting up Monaghan and Goudreau. So, that was a problem right off yes. the bat. Yeah. And, and I, the thing is, you know, what I, you know what I like about the trade is that lots of word comes out about how much the team likes Lucic. Yeah. About how players on the team like Lucic. Yeah. That never came out with yeah. Neil. On any of the teams he's ever not played once. on, <laughs> not once, not once. You know, uh, um, I also like the Penguins, like uh, since I was a kid. And when Neil was on the Penguins, he used to drive me fucking batty because he was an idiot. Yeah, he would, uh, especially at playoff games, it'd be everything would be going fine, and then suddenly he decided to go punch a guy in the head for no fucking reason. He's and an angry then, guy for sure. Yeah, well, and he just loses cool. Yeah. And then and then he'd go in the box and they score on the power and the whole thing would change and this would happen every fucking playoff run and it's just like what the fuck is with this guy <laughs> yeah so I could totally see that uh, also with Lucic on Goudreau's line there's the nuclear deterrent you wanted yeah because he's actually playing with him and and he that actually helped exactly Goudreau. and that's not a measurable thing you can't say oh he no. contributed this much to these goals and assists but it is a real thing that you know Goudreau feels. Very comfortable out I, there. That's what I was going to say. I wonder if Goudreau feels feels more protected. I will say, I'm seeing him getting slashed in the hands just as much as before. That yeah. hasn't changed. And there's nothing Lucic can do about that. You can't no. drop the gloves with a guy who's not willing to fight you. Otherwise, you're hurting your team, too. Yeah. So it is really hard to, to be that guy in this league right now. It's a shame that Lucic's best skill right now is his fighting. He's still an absolute beast. And he doesn't get to do it very often. No, no. Uh, so now they're two points out of first. Uh, but I don't know what the games are because, like, the fucking NHL's got this unbalanced schedule. Too thing early going to even on, look at that like, anyway. What the fuck? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. But what, is, what, a, what an absolute turnaround from the discussion we were having two weeks ago to what it is right Do now. Do you think they quit on uh, Bill Peters? I, a little bit? I, I, I don't. And I, I think that this could have happened with Bill Peters. Because the only reason I say that is because the game in Pittsburgh, the Monday night where the Akima Lou tweet came out, was their best game of the season. And Bill Peters was coaching that game. So I don't, I'm not ready okay. to say they quit on him yet. Uh, it's possible. And I do feel like they are playing lighter right now. But I also think that Jeff Ward is a lighter coach to play for. Yeah. He's playing music at practice. He's letting guys pick some songs. He's switching up the lines. He's basically saying, let's have some fun, guys. That was the weirdest tweets I've ever read. It was uh, Pat Steinberg talking about what music they were playing at they practice. Were all, they were all doing it. And Derek then, Wills was teaching it. And up. then fucking, like, the next day, like, the, the music selection for practice today is this. I'm like, what the fuck are the this has come they're, to? They're trying to guess who did it. They're like, oh, ABBA. Must be a Swede. I wonder if it's Backlund or Rasmussen or whatever. <laughs> I, I felt like saying, like, thanks, guys. I, I actually don't care what songs are playing in practice, but I'm glad it's such a story. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. <laughs> All right. After last week, 
uh, or two weeks ago, we're talking about. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago. We're the NBA. Yeah, we uh, covered that schedule. I think so. Um, or or it was the previous one, but I w- I started to think. I'm like, what can the so NFL can't change because at 16 games it is what it is. Yeah. I think that's perfect. Um, you can't add more games to the football season because players would then die on the field. You can't have that. Uh, baseball, I have. But no- for our entertainment, well, of course, isn't that what it's all about? Uh, for baseball, I have no clue how to fix the regular season in that because if if we feel like the NBA and the NHL regular seasons can feel like a drag at some points, the baseball is much worse. But I don't know how to fix that. No, it, it's it's called the dog days of summer in baseball just, for a reason. There's no way around it. It just it is it's like like I just don't know. But in the NBA. What I propose is they go to a 58-game regular season, which is uh, where you play a home uh, a home and home set with every team. Okay. And then you would have two tournaments in the season, one for a draft pick and one for a playoff spot. Now, the draft pick would be like you would get a top five uh, draft pick and then you go into the lottery at the end of the season. Like that would be okay. your, your reward. You wouldn't get the first overall. Like you, you wouldn't start with the first overall. You could win it. So winning the tournament gives you a better chance at a higher pick. Yeah. Oh, so opposite yes. of what's happening. Yes. This, and this is the reason. Because I thought to myself, I'm like, if, if they're going to do tournaments, they have to appeal to the owners, the front office, and the players. Right. So how do you do this? So the first thing with the owners is obviously you're, I'm going to be taking away uh, six games of the season uh, when it's all said and done. If, if a team plays like all. Right. Like a winning team would. So how do you how do you keep money in the owners' pockets? Well, you you sell TV rights to the tournament separately from the regular season. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if that can work. This is for smarter people than me to figure out. <laughs> We're just idea guys. Well, I'm just an idea guy. That's all I am. <laughs> this is this is the Oh Come On Sports Think Tank. Um, and you sell if you sell TV rights to these two tournaments, and you sell it to separate guys. Yeah. Like NBC gets the draft pick one. And then the other one would be for a playoff spot. Uh, the winner of that tournament would get the playoff spot, but they'd be seated based on their record. So, like, if it's a shit-ass team like the Phoenix Suns, but they won the tournament, they got hot for two, three weeks, yeah. then they would be the 16th seed facing the first seed. And that's how the playoffs would be because now the schedule is balanced and you don't have... Because the reason, the reason you can't do a 1 through 16 right now is because the West is significantly tougher than the East... Right. And the West plays more t- games against the East, so like this, the East teams, uh, the East good teams benefit from playing their their shitty East teams, right? Because they play them more, right? Yeah. This way, you get rid of that. Oh. Okay. So uh, one one question here too with the draft pick. Now the draft pick that you get from the tournament is that in addition to the draft pick that you yes. would get at the end of the season? Yeah, so you it's get, an extra. It's an extra pick that's top oh, five. Interesting. Or, or it'll be like the fifth pick. So that's right? that's going to do a couple things. It's going to give good teams a chance at a high pick, and then it's also, like you said, it's also going to give teams that are kind of in the bottom. They're going to be rejuvenated all of a yes. sudden for this for this little tournament be, with the with the with, with that. the draft pick, and that's for the front office. Yeah, right. They're yeah. playing for a draft pick. So, um, and also that draft pick one would be done early in the season. So that would be like I'm thinking December. Like or end of November, early December, yeah. and the reason is is because I understand that when a team is bad and they're not having a good season, they want to rebuild. Well, if you have to play for a draft pick in like February or March, you're, like you're going to hold on to your assets. So I feel like um, 
once the draft pick tournament is done, then you can go on with the trade deadline and, and move your assets and all right. that stuff. And so then, it doesn't get in the way of that. Exactly. And then in February, now also, um, the thing, you would you still need to have an all-star game, even though like I think the way this the better way for this to work is to get rid of it, but the NBA does there's so much stuff within the All Star Game City that the NBA can't get rid of, and and like for the fans like there's meet and greets and yeah. all this shit, and the players get some time off. There's lots of corporate stuff. Too yes, there. and the NBA can't get rid of that. So you're gonna yeah. have an All Star Game, but you gotta because I think there's in February right now. Yeah, you gotta move it to January, and then in February you have the playoff spot one. Okay. Uh, maybe you have the playoff spot one right after the All Star break, and right. that gives you like reju- re- rejuvenated interest into the league, and again, uh, you do the tournament. Whoever wins, they get they have an automatic playoff spot, and then they slot in based on what their regular season record is, just like everybody else. Okay. But if it's Phoenix Suns and they end up being uh, just because the math is easy, ten and forty eight, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, they would get in over the sixteenth seed because they won the tournament, right. which people would get mad at, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. Uh, so you would keep the divisions the same, and you would do a round robin in, in the division four games. And then the top two in each division move on, which is 12 teams. And then from there, like you group everybody else together. And yeah. then the top four from there are like the wild cards and they get in. Yeah. And then you have a single elimination 16 team tournament. Oh, single elimination. Yes. Final and, four style. Yes. And that, and cause that's huge. Right. And that brings it in. That's going to bring a bunch of interaction now from the fans into that format because yes. that, that's what the final four loves about that bracket is that guys are filling out their brackets. People are totally engaged. People like us that are, you know, to say we're at, to say we're minor college basketball fans would almost be an overstatement. But come the final, come come the come the tournament, we're all doing we're our, all in. We're all we're doing all, our brackets, yeah. not knowing who the fuck is what, and yeah. we're just like, oh, it looks like a cool logo. Yeah, yeah, making fun. Oh, you took North Carolina. What the oh, hell? You, stupid. you know Duke's gonna crush them. Like we have any clue what's going on. <laughs> um, and that would be for both tournaments. So if the maximum amount of games you could play in a season is seventy six games. And I think the minimum you can play would be 66 games. That's the minimum you'd play. Okay. Um, but they're, they're, to get into the playoffs, it's based on your 58-game regular season. And everybody plays that, so it's yeah. all the same. Now, to help... So the, the playoff spot thing is for the players, right? Because obviously they all want to make the playoffs. Right. And also, they're going to have to start the season earlier to eliminate back-to-back games. They're going to have to get rid of that and make travel easier. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's if it's a, like you do, like as Toronto, you do a West Coast swing, and then you go back home and you rest for three days, and then you have a homestand. Like, right. however it works, you gotta you got to make it work. Uh, playoffs would now be 1 through 16 because schedule is now balanced, so you can do that. So then in the finals, you, you would get the, you would, presumed to get the two best teams and it would stay best of seven series so it is it is a longer like like in time it'd be a longer season because right now they start like mid-october yeah with this i would i would think they'd have to start mid-september but you give more space you know like i think it'd be i think the players would take less of a summer break if they had more breaks during the season I gotta say, on paper, I love the sound of it. There's a lot of positives here. There, there's, there's some negatives. Like I don't know, uh, I don't know if you can sell TV rights to a tournament. I'm not sure if you can. Like I don't know how the current, um, I don't know how the current uh, TV providers would feel about that. Right. Also, but it, it would be if you were to do it, it would be more of a like a like a 
the way that they sell TV rights to a World Cup in hockey or something yeah. like that. It would be it would be on top of what you're already doing. It would be a separate entity altogether. Yeah. Uh, what could happen too, like with with less home games, um, is that uh, prices for fans might go up okay. because the owners might try to recoup fair finances. Enough, fair so enough. that that might suck. So but then, there, but then there, there are, are wrinkles. But then the, the, there, all, there will also be some money coming in from the tournament too. Mm-hmm. So that could offset some of the costs yep. of that they'll be losing by less games because there's going to be specific advertising for the tournament, specific TV rights for the tournament. So that's going to be a, uh, a revenue generator. Another right thing there. you could do too is sell advertisements on the jerseys just for the tournament. That's right. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. the NBA does that. They're already doing it now. Yeah. Which I, I, I find I know people lost their goddamn minds. When the NBA were bringing that up, and they're like, this is the worst thing ever. To be quite honest, I don't even notice them. Th- that's because they're doing it the right way. I'm totally fine with the way the NBA is doing it. What I don't want to see is, is European hockey. European hockey. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to see a car brand across the top of the helmet yeah. in, in a little plastic shield that looks like they just taped it on because yeah. Skoda paid 50000 for the damn tournament or something. What the hell is a Skoda anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then for NHL, it would be basically the same. Like it would be the same thing, but the big, the big changes are uh, it would be a sixty-two game regular season, which would start once Seattle came in. You couldn't do anything until Seattle came into the league, right? And then you would have to change the divisions to eight divisions instead of four. Okay. And you would have to make it eight divisions of four teams, and then the round robin would be within the division three games. Uh, and it would still end up being seventy six games if you played all of it, and if you if you didn't, it would be sixty eight. Okay. So uh, again, start early in the season. Uh, also, cut down the like another thing too is 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 like I'm saying like oh like it's gonna be tough for the players to start early. The fucking preseason starts in September for the M- NBA. Like fucking cut that back. You can yeah. do it like two games, man. Like fuck. I, I think all these leagues are a little bit long right now, and I understand it from a business perspective and the own, owner's point of view. They want to have those butts in the seats to generate the revenue, but uh, I, I, I've been on record as saying the NHL season's too long. NBA never really noticed it, but I like your I like your idea better because it generates some mid-season interest that wouldn't be there otherwise. It's very much uh, very much soccer style, where like European soccer, where they'll have two three weeks of like Premier League, yeah. like and then and then they'll have two three weeks of like what they call Champions League. Yeah. So it's a different tournament, but it's renewed interest, right? right? And, we, we, and that's what yeah. this would be. Like you'd have the first two months would be regular season, but then in mid November, going into Thanksgiving, is the draft pick tournament. They'd come up with a cooler name for it, obviously. Um, uh, futures tournament or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> We're not marketers here, yeah, folks. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> and then, and then after that, you 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 would then play another month and a half. Then you get the All Star break, and then coming out of the All Star break, it's the playoff tournament, and then or the play in tournament or whatever you want to call it. And you do that, and then after that, it's the race for the playoffs for whatever, right? Man, I, I like that. How how often on this show? Like, it seems like almost every episode we bring up the soccer format in in Europe. And and how I'm, how good it how good we think it is. I'm really intrigued by like their their league format. I'm intrigued by the uh, free market system. Right, that, that's really interesting. That's to that's me. my favorite part of it. And we're not even soccer. Oh, you're wearing a Man U jersey right now, but we are not soccer fans. No, not not. But like, I love the way they very, run. I love the way they run their leagues. As as casuals can be, but it's almost like we've been brainwashed in North America to believe that parody is king. Yeah. You know, and and that's the way every league has to be. You have to have a draft. You have to have a salary cap. You have like we have to all be equal. And it's like, yeah, why are like, why do we have to have a draft? Yeah, why can't these? Why can't like, you just look for players and yeah, sign them? 
like why why do why does uh, Carter McDavid have to go to the Oilers? Yeah. Like why are you and then and then to convince him to stay, you give you can give him an extra year to stay with this <laughs> like and like they're he, trying to prop up the bottom. And I get that, but it's like like it's it's almost like we're trying to help them because they can't help themselves. Because money's not everything. Yeah. Like like the assumption is like oh well if you do that then the New York Rangers would spend two hundred million dollars. Yeah, they did that in the nineties. Great. Didn't work. You still have to be a good franchise. Yeah, yeah, and and you know. Team like players would go to teams they want to go, or they go with where their friends are and stuff. Like that's you know, it's just it, I, I it love would just it. be interesting. Like I just don't like the the uh, it's the way it's always been, so we have to keep it that way. No, no like no, I don't the, agree there's with that. Old, you can always grow and become better, and uh, especially with the generation under us, mm-hmm. uh, they you have to keep their interests and like an eighty. That's why baseball is suffering. Yes. Like fucking 162 games. A, a kid looks at that and says, "You want me to invest how much on that?" I like love I love baseball, but it, it is too. not a, it is not a what you would call a for lack of a better term, it's not a fun sport. No. And I don't no. know I don't know exactly what I mean by that, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, here. it's it, it and it's very old-fashioned. I think is is a better way to put it. Yeah. And, and it's not cool. Right. And and I love nothing better than you know we have a we have a local just a, a baseball team in Okotoks here, yeah. which is great. I love going out in the sun, sitting there, having a beer, having some food, watching the game. That's a great thing. That's a great way to spend your afternoon. Yes. But when your team is halfway through their season and it's August on a Tuesday and they're playing the Tampa Bay Rays, it's just so mind numbingly boring. Yes. Uh, but I will say, like watching baseball, like sitting at a baseball game live is probably my like my favorite experience. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, if you go with people, you can watch a pitch. You can all watch the same pitch and then turn and say, "Man, that was a hell of a pitch!" And, like, have a, like, yeah. a quick conversation and turn back and not miss a pitch. You can't do that in hockey because hockey's so fast flowing, which is great. NBA, same thing, is constant movement. You can't really do that. Uh, NFL um, sometimes takes forever because of all the fucking commercials. You feel like yeah. you're standing around all the goddamn time. Have you ever gone to a hockey game with somebody that wants to have a conversation throughout the I whole have, game? I have. It's, yeah. it's quite annoying, actually. Yeah. It's like, dude, yeah. shut up. I, I, I've been to several games with my lovely chatty wife. <laughs> and, and she's into <laughs> hockey, too. But when, when, when you're having a conversation, there's so much to miss, right? Yes. Like, like it's yes. just so fast-paced. Yes. In baseball, it's the most casual experience you know you go get a beer you miss nothing <laughs> it's yes. just um but for whatever reason it's just not attracting the kids to no, it and no um well and, and and plus the the code i'm doing air quotes the code of baseball has taken the fun out of it where if you do a little bat flip you're now ostracized yeah. amongst all of baseball yes yes it's not you can't do it because it's it's not the way it, it was done the well, unwritten rules yeah well your your league's not going to be a league in the future if you if like the the fans from younger than us don't follow it yeah like and there and has, there has was, to be new fans. There was a big places. push a couple years ago. I remember, I don't know if it was Adam Jones or someone that was saying, making the comment, like, black black kit youth are not choosing baseball anymore. And this was a big thing with baseball. They're like, how do we get black youths back into baseball? And I heard a, a father, uh, a, a black father on Jim Rome saying, this sport is not fun for kids. And his son doesn't want to play it. It's not fun. So I love the sport, but it, they need to inject some fun into it. Yeah, exactly. They, well, and a lot of it too is let the players be themselves. 
Yeah. You know, let Tim Anderson do what he does. Yeah. Let Jose Bautista do what he does. Yeah, like, exactly. Let them be themselves. Yeah. And and eventually, like I think most athletes can can be pretty entertaining and pretty interesting people. But like from a young age, they're beaten into like it's all about the team, and you yeah. shut your mouth. You don't you don't do anything. Like I, 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 I saw Juan Soto bat flip a walk in the playoffs this yeah. year, and I fucking loved it. You could be a good teammate and still be outspoken and and interesting. Exactly. Like it does. It, it like it doesn't have to be exclusive. Like it could yeah. be. You could you could have both. Jose Batista was a good example of that because he was very outspoken. Some people thought he was a little rough around the edges, but yet his teammates liked him. Like a guy like Marcus Stroman, who is notoriously hard to deal with, loves a guy like Jose Batista. There, you know, it's. You have to allow the personality to come out. You can't. Yes. You can't be stifling. And it. that's a problem in hockey too. Hockey has the same issue. No personality. Um, they're like between Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby, who are the two faces of the league. They're the most boring interviews ever. But they're taught from a young age to do that. Yeah. Like Sidney Crosby came when he came out as an eighteen-year-old. It seemed like he was thirty-five already. Right. And he was giving the same canned answers, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Yeah. He's been doing this for 15 years already, and that's why. And this is the second time I'm going to mention it on this podcast. That's why a show like Spitting Chicklets is so good. It, I mean, it's very bro centric. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. it might not be for everybody, but if you want to hear the players speak like they would among a group of friends, that is the that is the best format to listen to them. Yeah, it also shows they're the most awful at nicknames. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, NHL players are have the worst nicknames yeah. for anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything is either er or e. Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to troll some people on the group chat there by talking about. I was just trying to think of <laughs> how many nicknames I could come up with for Macy. Mason Raymond. Oh, Macy, Macy, May Ray, Stager. Stage. Yeah. Stager. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was ridiculous. Um, uh, and I think yeah, that that's my idea. So yeah, NHL will be sixty-two games, uh, two tournaments again, draft and playoff. Uh, I like it, man. This is the first time I'm hearing about both of these, so we should uh, we should almost like get into these and pick them apart and see what I love so much on the surface. We should see what like yeah what what what, what, what could get in the way yeah what what could be a problem because on the surface I really like the sound of it. Now on like uh, the NHL, there's no chance this will ever come in because they're they've got an old boys club that doesn't like change, so that'll never happen. The M- NBA is the one that could have something like this happen. Well, their commissioner actually openly talks about doing things like that. Yes, yes, because he understands that if you don't, if you don't, like, grow and and change, then you're just going to get left behind. Exactly. Um, Also, like, so yeah, you go to eight divisions of four. So, like, I'm thinking uh, one division would be Vancouver, Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton. Yeah. You know? Makes sense. Uh, And then you would have the California teams, the Mm -hmm. uh, Anaheim, LA, San Jose, and Vegas. Uh, you yes. know, right there, and then Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, and something. I don't know. No, that all makes sense. Uh, and you just kind of do it, and then, um, uh, that way with it, within the round robin, they're not challenged. They're not traveling too much, right? Because they're all within the same time zone, mm-hmm. um, or like within a time zone, so it's it's okay. Uh, and yeah, then the single elimination tournament, which brings out the like uh, the final four type format. Again, start early um, with the NHL. Uh, reduce because the preseason right now is eight to nine games, which makes no Stupid. sense. Why is it eight to nine? Stupid. Uh, playoffs would now be one through sixteen because of the balanced schedule, uh, and I think it would just lead to again you would have you, and of course NHL and NBA 
uh, the commissioners would have to get together and figure out when, like, I don't know if they, right now they hold playoffs at the same time, so I don't know if that matters. So you could have the tournaments at the exact same time. The NHL and NBA basically run in conjunction with, with one another anyway. Yeah, so they could just, they could basically just copy and, like, start on the same fucking night. You and, know? and people who are fans of both end up watching both. It's, yeah, they, it's not yeah, like one gets what, in the way. You know, um, but uh, the casual fan, uh, like the hardcore NBA fan is going to watch NBA. The right. hardcore NHL fan is going to watch yeah, that. The casual fan of just sports is just going to tune into what they think is interesting anyways. Yeah. You know, I find myself doing that. You know, I, I, me personally, I'm an NFL fan first and foremost. And then everything else kind of just slots in under that. Yeah. Uh, Me so, too. Gambling. Yeah. <laughs> so like Sundays are a big day in, in my household. But like when it comes to NHL and NBA, I'll watch what's interesting that yeah. night. Like I'll watch the Raptors or the Flames or the Penguins, whatever. But if there's an interesting game, I'll watch it. And yeah. you know, that's I'm, I'm bored. I'm borderline in a domestic every Sunday because of the NFL. Like it's just <laughs> there's no way around it. I'm gonna watch it, and it's it's family neglect. It's debauchery. It's listen, chaos. Listen, it's only for like 22 weeks. Yeah. Yes, give or take. And then you throw in some Thursdays and some Mondays. <laughs> and then you, when you get close to the playoffs, you, know you get into some Saturdays. That's not your fault. That's the NFL's fault. I have no control over that. Put everything on Sunday. I have no control my, my life would be better. Yeah. Hey. You know? I like um, it. So that has been our episode for this week. Uh, good luck to everybody in your fantasy football playoffs. Uh, good luck to Mike going forward. Thank you. Got, good, luck, good luck to you. Uh, I got beat by Drew Brees and his 50 fucking points. Sorry, that, I forgot you're already out. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. It was ruthless. Um, we got uh, we got two weeks ago. As much as I know, everyone loves hearing people talk about their own fan, other people's fantasy teams. I'm in a very similar situation to a lot of people right now, where Lamar Jackson has carried you your entire season, <laughs> and now the second round of the playoffs, or if you were on a bye, the first time you're playing in the playoffs, he is questionable, questionable for a fucking Thursday night game, and he's just going to ruin our entire season. I can just foresee it coming already. There's no one on the waiver wire. Lamar's questionable. They have no reason to play him because they're already in such a good spot. God damn it! Fantasy football. Catch the fever. I love it. <laughs> uh, so we will be... This will be our last podcast of 2019. We will be back in the new year. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all of you. All the best. Uh, spend time with your family. Uh, hopefully your 2020 will be a great start to your new year and you can start your resolutions off correct or whatever. I don't sure. know if you do that. My resolution is just, just to keep on not smoking. So you're doing a great job. I'm doing that. a great job. 35 years and counting, buddy. You're phenomenal at that, man. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I need some of that discipline. You know what? You just got to choose something you're already doing and act like it's an accomplishment. <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'll give up, uh, pushups. There you go. I'll keep, continue to not do pushups. That'll be an easy one. Yeah. Yeah, nah, don't I... want muscles. Muscles are for bitches. Oh, fuck that. I should do a few push-ups. <laughs> All I'll, right, I'll uh... think of something else. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. See you later. <laughs>